Welcome to Southern Queries and Happy Pride. <laughs> happy Pride, everyone. Wow, it's been a minute since we've talked. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. I'm very good this morning. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? I am doing well. I, you know, we're recording this in the end of June, the last few days of Pride, and I think I, th- I think I'm doing great. I feel good this June. I feel good. better than I did last June. So, like, what have you been up to? Uh, well, um, I was just chit-chatting with you before we started recording, but June is a pretty low-key month for me, um, which seems really odd because usually June is a really, like, awesome social kind of month but you know the pandemic is still Mm -hmm. happening yes we're vaccinated yes you know we are still trying to be safe and what so safe and whatnot so I've spent a lot of time on the lake um but my only like pride things I've been doing um is on June 11th, I had Pride Variety Night. Um, shout out to LQC Dallas and the union who put on this event. Um, and it was just really awesome for you to be around so many queer people. I took two of my friends, um, both of which have not been out and about. And so they were vaccinated and, um, you know, excited to like do a Pride activity. Um, and I got to do my spoken word piece, um, that I did about like six years ago, maybe seven now time, time's hard for me, um, uh, as my coming out story. Um, so I met some really awesome other performers. There was great comedians. It was just like a really, really awesome night and like much needed. Um, and then other weird pride things I've been doing is, uh, I did queer icons and tech a lunch and learn at my work. Um, this is the first job I've had where there's clearly more than like five people who are queer. Um, and we have like trans people, non-binary people working at my the company. And it just, it's like really refreshing. We have like an LGBTQ chat group. And I'm like, yes. That is amazing. That's awesome. Um, what about you? Cool. What have you been doing for Pride Month? Uh, I guess I've been doing a lot. I will admit, I have never been as busy as I was this June. Well, that's good. You also went on vacation. I, and that's part of it, is that I needed to get away. Uh, you know, I did a presentation at work for Pride about how, and this was mainly talking about our students, but also our staff. Being queer, however you identify, is just one part of your identity. Hmm. You're also your interest, your religion, if you have one. You're also your cultural background, your racial background, your, your, your heritage. And I think the main point was that looking at popular culture and how when they emphasize sexual orientation or gender identity first... They're not really looking at the whole character or the whole person. And it was kind of a warning, just don't do that in your classroom. Understand that your students, even if they are gay or bisexual or lesbians, they're also probably into gaming. They're also probably into music. So just this call for 
not focusing on one aspect of someone. And that was interesting because traditionally my college hasn't, well, they've tried to do things for pride, but usually I'm so burnt out by the end of the semester that I just don't do anything with them. And I figured this June I would. And that was fun. I think I gave, I've given three different pride presentations of different kinds at my job this year. So nice. kind of tired of talking about, you know, gay rights at the job. So I may take a break for next year. Um, well, that's really I've, interesting that you talk about the different like um, inclusivity. I was at a pride like conference, a virtual conference or whatever. Um, and we introduced something called badges. So your badges could be like your pronouns and your identity, but they could also be other things that make up who you are. Like, I'm also a gardener. I'm also, um, you know, exactly. You know, I'm also really interested in literature and a podcast host. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Right. And I will admit part of the presentation was inspired by Pose because as a black trans woman, everyone wants to talk to me about Pose. And I've seen all of season one and one episode of season two. So I like haven't been as on the Pose train. Not that there's anything against it. It's just it's so heavy and I just don't see myself in it. One. So that was part of the inspiration was that, yeah, just because I'm black and trans, that's still not my cult. That's still not, you know, my experience. And so we need more representation. And then the other thing that inspired the uh, my presentation at work was actually dinner with you and your wife. Oh, yeah. I mean, just more listening. Just listening to how much Allison loves talking about woodworking and bourbon was just the greatest thing to me and Vicky because we had so y'all the four of us actually met in one place for the first time ever. Like we met with our spouses, with our wives. It was amazing. And we had never done that before. And Andy and Allison were kind enough to have us over for dinner. And we will be returning the favor in July. But she's so passionate about bourbon and woodworking. And I think that told me more about her than just about anything ever. And, oh. Yeah, so she was actually part of that inspiration. And so that was that. And then what else have I done Pride Month in June? I will be honest, I've been very busy, and I think it's because of what I did last June. You know, last June, because of the George Floyd protests and everything, and it was right in the middle, the beginning of the pandemic, I didn't go out and protest. And I still believe protests are limiting in their effectiveness, but that's a whole episode we can't unpack right now. Yeah. And I did my 30 days of queer people of color thing. Mm. Well, that kind of started the snowball of me writing more, me being on podcasts, us starting this podcast. And because I did that last June, I've been insanely busy all year. And so this June, I recorded two episodes of History is Gay. With our friend Lee. Ooh, yay. And I, t- I talked to them about activist Polly Murray. One of the episodes is out now. The other episode will be out mid-July. So I spent time talking to Lee about that. I did an article for Nerdist magazine about Black queer cinema and how it's different from Black straight cinema. 
Uh, and it's yeah. I just it's like just check been it very out. busy. It's all over my social media. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> links in the show descriptions, and it's all over India's social media because I honestly forget to put it on mine. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay, I'm secretly your PR person. You just don't know. No, I know India, you're always like, you have to promote this. And I go, but I forget. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think the last thing is, you know, I was, and this one caught me off guard. So Go Magazine is an online website and they do a print magazine for uh, like kind of like a city magazine for for young, out, hip lesbians. It's really cool. I know they're they're a so Go Magazine is really cool and they put me as one of their 100 women we love of oh class God. of 2021 and that completely caught me off guard you know I because... think that's like the best thing ever <laughs> congratulations I mean, thank you I think it's amazing and I, I and I'm so appreciative I'm so appreciative of the associate editor uh isabel for thinking of me and nominating me but it was just overwhelming you know mm-hmm. i found out in march and the whole time out and i've been thinking yeah this is not for me i'm this is a hoax <laughs> i don't belong on this list because yeah i went and looked at their past list of 100 women they love because they do this every month and every year in june and these women are so phenomenal and to be included in that in 2021 is just amazing. And none of that would have would have happened if I hadn't started writing last June. But I don't know if I deserve to be on this list. I still don't think I do, but I am thankful and grateful to be on it. Uh, I mean, so our lovely listeners should completely tell Aubrey that that's a lie. She totally belongs I, on that list. Well, I, I don't bomb. deserve to be on that <laughs> list. It's so amazing. The, the women that are on that and that they've looked at for previous years are just phenomenal. And I'm over here going, I'm a community college professor, writer, and podcaster. I'm not an activist. I don't, you know. Uh, but but I, that know, been... I think you're pretty amazing. Plus, I like to I think don't... that our podcast is, you know, a form oh, of I... activism. <laughs> it's well, I've never thought about our podcast <laughs> as a form of activism. Uh, but, I mean, so if you, if you add in all, like, the, the nerdist writing, the Go magazine, doing the history is gay and then the presentations for work and all that i'm tired (laughs) i'm exhausted so my family and i we actually got away for about a week and went to charleston south carolina i mean we're fully vaxxed as much as we can be you know our our 11 year old can't be vaccinated yet so she wore masks everywhere but we went to the beach out in the open she had never been to the beach before she'd never seen the atlantic ocean and so we just spent days on the beach in Charleston and looking at their beautiful history and going to a great independent bookshop there. And we had to get out of Texas and I had to disconnect because I guess I'm understanding now when some people say if you're like, what's it called? Like a professional queer, yeah. it gets huh? exhausting. <laughs> I'm tired. Wait, Becca, pause, time out. Are we officially professional queers? <laughs> well, I mean, I kind of think we fall into that category now. Not, I'm not like, I wouldn't say I'm a professional queer, like say like an actor, activist, community organizer kind of thing. But I guess in the realm of it's mainly the only thing I write about these days and the podcast, I guess we kind of fall into that category. 
The answer is yes. Yes, we are. We are professional <laughs> queers. <laughs> but I'm so, but 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 you need a break though. I'm so tired. <laughs> and I was still teaching summer classes, so it's June a lot. was exhaust June was exhausting and you know I went to a baby shower. My little sister had a cute little baby. So I have another new nephew and my dad was ordained as a deacon in his church. So I've been on the road every Sunday this month. Wow. Aubrey, you've been so busy. (laughs) And you know me, I'm an introvert with social and generalized anxiety and ADHD, and I don't like people. So I've peopled all month. So I may not talk to anybody until August. Yeah, that sounds about right. But if I'm being honest, I may just check out until August because I'm exhausted. (laughs) Yeah, I also think that, you know, pride can be draining in the sense that you're like talking about some pretty heavy stuff or things that Mm -hmm. relate to you or just general stories that are intense. Um, I did think it was interesting, um, you know, for those who aren't in the South, you know, pride here in the South doesn't, I mean, it does happen in June. It's I feel like a little bit, yeah, tiny I feel bit. Like this particular June has been a lot more active because everyone's so pimped up from, you know, being on <laughs> lockdown last year. We needed uh, to get out, so we did it. <laughs> yeah, but our Pride Month doesn't actually happen here in Texas, well, Dallas specifically, not till September. And, and in Fort I Worth, what, in October? So, yeah. Right. Fort Worth and Atlanta, which is the ones that I go to um, regularly, um, are both in October. And I was looking at other prides, like the one in New York, which does happen in June. Um, but like Asheville and other cities happen like in cooler months because it's just so hot. But I have been kind of surprised how cool it's been. Like it's only 78 today. <laughs> It's been a very cool summer and a very rainy spring. Yeah. But like even like so. like even things like Southern Queer, I'm gonna get this right. I'm gonna get this wrong. Southern Fried Queer Pride, which I think is in Louisiana, they're usually a fall event and shout out to them. They're a cool collective of artists. Um they usually do theirs in the fall. So like for me, Pride is a fall thing that I avoid, not a <laughs> June thing that I avoid. And so now knowing that I'm going to have to do all the fall Southern pride things all over again in a few months, just like, I'm still tired. <laughs> yeah. So before we continue down, cause I feel like I can talk about pride for like days. Um, let's talk about some wedding series wrap up. I feel like. Yes. Let's um, wrap that. Yes. Goodness. That was such an intense series. <laughs> Like initially, I was like, this is going to be great. It's, you know, we have so much to talk about. We had so many guests and so much information to collect that I really think, and stop me if you think I'm wrong, Aubrey, but I really think that both you and I underestimated the amount of editing it was going to take us to make this series like absolutely what we wanted it to be. And um, I think what was great about the episodes for me was meeting all of these incredible couples, awesome vendors. Um, You know, it was just such a great way to feel connected and not alone when wedding planning. Um, What was great about the episodes for you? I think for me, I've always wanted to do a multi-part series. 
And because that's some of the, those, when I listen to the podcasts, I do love podcasts where they're showing one story over the course of multiple episodes. And so I've always loved those kind of serial ones where it's a contained thing, like a season all about that. And I think what was great was that we did try it. And I we think I like that we tried to show it from a lot of different aspects. We talked about queer couples. We talked to vendors. We talked about the politics of it, especially with Greg Burke, who was a plaintiff in the Obergefell case. Yeah. And we talked about the controversy around queer marriage with Professor Mary Bernstein, which was episode six that we just came out with. So I liked that we tried to come at it from so many different angles. And I think our inspiration behind that was when Nancy did their series on money mm. and they did it from so many different angles about queers and money, whether it was retirement and adoption and jobs. So, and, you know, we always try to pay homage to Nancy. You know, we, we feel very strongly that they, without them, we wouldn't have the show. Exactly. And so I think it was great that we tried to show many, tried to show so many different things. However, I think I'm like you. We bit off a lot because, you know, shows like Nancy and ones that are produced by public radio have teams of people, usually underpaid people because you don't make a lot of money in public radio. So they have teams of people who deserve to be paid double what they are, but still it's a team of them. And you have me and I have you and that's our whole team. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. That's it's all we have. And so I think we definitely bit off a lot, which well, and simultaneously, Aubrey, both you and I have like families. I'm like renovating this kitchen. You're yep. Yes, like, we have jobs. We have full time. Like, like ah! but the podcast isn't our job. <laughs> like we have to make money to afford the podcast, uh, which if you want to sponsor our show, reach out to us. Um, but I think and that might be why we were a bit slow in releasing the episodes. And our initial goal was every other week and then yeah. that became like once a month because there was just so much involved in a serialized show and i think we've learned our lesson that we're not going to do another one of those for a while well and if we do we have to really allocate the time um you know to collect all the episodes edit them and then release them like if we wanted to have a continuous release yeah pattern. i think that um, might be good or you know finding an intern we can pay yeah, something yeah. we can do. If you want a paid internship, contact us. <laughs> <laughs> so what representation is missing from the wedding industry, do you think? I think the biggest thing I learned, and this is something that I learned from listening to you and learning, I learned this from you, really, is how gendered the visual part of the wedding industry is. Mm. The pictures, the bridal magazines, the lack of grooms magazines how it still leans very femme and so if you're masculine of center but you identify as a woman or if you're more non-binary or more gender non-conforming you might have a harder time navigating the wedding industrial complex and that's something i learned from you in our conversations on air and previously 
And that's something that I just never thought of before. Yeah, I also have had some really awesome conversations with Jenna from Dash of Pride. Um, And Jenna owns this company that does like wedding, uh, what do you call it, like gifts and souvenirs and whatnot. Um, And Jenna and I spoke about that a lot because we realized that there wasn't a lot of like, I guess it's a visual thing, but there wasn't like t-shirts that said you know, that had non-binary names and people focus on the bride experience and don't really focus on what the experience would be for someone who doesn't identify as a bride. Um, I also think that, um, you know, people of color, queer people of color is really missing. And I know you and I like went on and on about it and we like cut it out from one of the episodes because I was like, ah, this is a whole other episode. Um, But yeah, people of color, um, queer people of color specifically are really missing from the wedding industry, both visually and their voices aren't being heard. Um, So, you know. If you are a magazine or if you're someone who's getting married, maybe bring that up because <laughs> I feel like the more we talk about it, the more um, we can push the change and push the representation um, that's missing to be visible. And it's not about like, you know, shaming anybody. It's just we want for people that choose to get married and want to be married. We want people to have an enjoyable experience planning that wedding and feeling like they're welcome and sometimes it's hard when a lot of southern venues won't host same-sex couples but they don't tell you so you don't know till you go to tour it and a lot of vendors are still learning to put that lgbtq friendly flag on their google business accounts yeah or on their there's not queer couples on their pages for their venues or photography or for whatever service they provide if they're not explicit about showing queer couples we may not know whether they're welcoming or not so well I just think, go, one, no go ahead yeah, no go ahead. What, what i was gonna say is like even the ones who don't have photos and don't have the flag but they want to be welcoming or maybe they do add those things they still have very gendered you know aspects to their venue for example like having the yes. suite and the bride suite like why do we have to keep sticking to a binary why can't, uh, why can't it just be person one and person two <laughs> why can't it just be two rooms to get ready in like, like, here, like here's we two rooms complicate this. although i mean structurally speaking a lot of these buildings are old one of them is going to be bigger than the other just structurally <laughs> speaking but i mean sure. I, th- I think it's just when you learn about just the small logistical details that go into planning weddings you realize how gendered every little thing can be yeah and i had forgotten that having been married since 2008 and getting married as at the time a cis presenting heterosexual couple we didn't think about any of that because like oh we'll just get married it doesn't matter and you know i mean i was still male presenting so I just bought a suit and called it a day and it wasn't a thing. But with I my eyes weren't open. Yeah. I although I do I mean I did have a level of jealousy when I saw my wife's bridal suite that she got to get married in and I had like a broom closet. It was tiny. <laughs> but I think that's the biggest thing is we're learning is that we're missing a lot from the a lot of representation in the wedding industry. 
And hopefully our show will maybe bring light to some of that. Uh, I think it was a good first effort for a series. I really enjoyed it. Same, same, yeah. 100%. So, and, I, and I'm thankful, and I want to say I'm thankful to everyone we talked to because everyone gave so much of our time, so much of their time, and we appreciate everyone we talked to, and we're just thankful for their knowledge and their experiences and for sharing that with us because they didn't have to. 100%, 100%. So, Aubrey, what's coming up in July? Well... Even though I did just say I'm not talking to anybody in July. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We are getting back to our regular format of mainly doing interviews with interesting people in the South. Because I think that's what we're learning we love the most is we just love talking to people in the South about their queer experiences. So our goal is to get back to releasing new episodes every other week with interesting people. And we're thinking of maybe switching up the format a little bit. You and I have talked about maybe once a month doing a some kind of a pop culture movie where we review a movie about being queer in the South or something. Or So we're still trying new things because this podcast is fun for us. It's a fun hobby. So we continue to try new things. Who are some of the people we have that we're going to be talking to? Because I know you've already done some pre-interviews to screen some people. So who are some yeah. people we're talking to? So um, from that Pride Variety Night, I met some really awesome people. So we have some queer comics, um, some motivational speakers, um, really interesting kind of unique people that I don't think I would have encountered unless I had gone to the um, Queer Variety Night, Pride Variety Night. Um, and then there's a couple of topics that you and I have been wanting to tackle for quite some time, like um, being LGBTQ further south of the border. Um, that like is our speaking. big one. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. So I have people lined up for that as well. And then there's a couple other topics that you and I have been wanting to tackle. And I don't know, we'll do a series, but maybe we'll have one or two episodes just kind of touching on the subject, like family planning as an LGBTQ person. Um, and then being a family unit, like to parenting um, as an LGBTQ person. And then also um, one of the topics that has popped up recently in my life is the gendering of marriage. Like one thing is getting married and planning the wedding and the wedding industry and that whole experience. But I've been encountering a lot of strange situations recently with my heterosexual neighbors and um it's been an interesting experience and I'd love to hear your own experience but also maybe we could interview a couple people um about what it's like being a queer married couple in a heterosexual world Um, and the assumptions people make, um, about Allison and I, um, it's just like constant Aubrey and it's really interesting why we're so like, like we just renovated this kitchen. Let me give you like one example of what I mean. We renovated the kitchen. Allison did majority of the work because I've been really busy at my full-time job. And my neighbor turned to me and said, so India, what are you going to cook in your new kitchen? And I, at first I was like, first of all, why are you assuming that I'm the only one who cooks? Two, why is it my kitchen and not ours? 
Like, why is the kitchen, like, why was that question directed just at me? And of course, Allison was all, it's fine. Like you're reading into it too much. And I'm like, no, no, no. I think it's consistent. Like it happens all the time over and over again in different degrees that they start accumulating. And to me, it's really obvious. Like it's like, there's an assumption there. There's, there's it's that old joke, that old trope that really needs to die. Even in a same-sex relationship, who is the man and who is the woman kind of thing. It's that old trope. And I can say for the record, one, you're an amazing baker and I've tasted your food. And Allison is an amazing cook. So I think both of you should just cook and just feed me. So, I mean, I think (laughs) for the record, it's like, but I think it's one of those where it's like, well, why can't, why does it have to be that way? And so that's a whole episode we'll dive into. Especially in the South, when everything is very gender oriented, like the social community aspect is still very gendered. So we have a lot of great fun things coming up. We don't want to give too much away. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And there's so many topics I want to touch on, you know, uh, particularly like even like femme identity and the erasure of it and how in the South it seems more prominent. I mean, I can go on and on of all the topics. (laughs) <laughs> yes. I mean, God. Southern Queries, we have so many episodes we want to do. This show is going to be around for at least two or three more years. Woo-hoo! Uh, <laughs> but in order to do that, we do need everyone's support. If you could, you know, rate us on Apple Podcasts, if you can tell your friends about us, if you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, if you can. If you're a sponsor, if you're, if you have a, if you want to sponsor the show, hey, you know, please get in touch with us. So we want to be around. We have all these ideas. You could also donate. Mm-hmm. We have a PayPal link on our website. You could donate too. So you can actually help us be around even longer. And I don't know why this turned into an NPR pledge drive all of a sudden, but <laughs> it's like, but a I lot do of think work, people, if you like us, like we, we have so many things we want to do, and I think we can do more of it and do it better if we had community support. Agreed. So if you want to see this show grow, help us out in any way you can. Um, so pledge drive part over. I'm just thankful for everybody who's listened so far. You know, we've reached over 8,000 downloads. Woo-hoo. In this past year, so we've had every episode has had a has had hundreds of people listen to it. So we're thankful to everyone who's been on this journey with us this past year. We're thankful for everyone who's been sticking with us and telling people about us. And we hope you'll be with us for the next year and for years to come. Thank you so much, everyone. Don't forget follow us and rate us on Apple, Instagram, and Twitter. And we'll be back mid July.